Hello and welcome back once again to the HR Social Hour Half Hour Podcast. This is episode 185. John and Wendy talk to Karen Michael. I'm your host, John. And I'm Wendy. How are you tonight, John? Wendy, I'm well. Excited that we are once again being sponsored by our friends over at the Talent Magnet Institute this episode and this entire month. Yes. So excited to be partnered with them again. I love what they're doing over there and uh, they've actually got some new leadership stuff out um, I have not had a chance to check it out yet at the time of this recording, but I'm hoping to have some time later this week to uh, jump in and um, check out some of their offerings. They're going through some major changes at TMI, so we hope that you will check out the links in the show notes to check out what Mike Sipple and his team have going on. Uh, just a friendly reminder, they're going to be co-hosting our chat at the end of the month on the 26th, so check that out too. In the meantime, though, Wendy, I'm willing to bet that you didn't have John speaking at a virtual reality conference on your bingo card for 2021. I did not. I think I have it on 2022's bingo card. Oh, well, you're doing um, better than I am. Then. <laughs> hey, I, you know, we have to start like really thinking outside the box in order to uh, get at those bingo cards, I think, now. I think so. I am really <laughs> excited, and, and I'm talking a little bit out here in the open, and I'll have uh, a link in the show notes. I'm speaking at JobCon 2021, which is being put on by XPR Labs, and JobCon is a virtual reality job conference. Awesome. First of its kind, as far <laughs> as I know. It was really interesting when the found, when the founder of, of XPR contacted me and we had a long conversation back in the winter about this event. He showed me because Wendy, apparently like I'm going to get an avatar made of me and the event is in virtual reality. You walk into a building. Not yeah, just virtual. You, you're not just sitting behind a computer. Yes. You, <laughs> you can sit behind the computer. However, to be fully immersed, you can actually, you know, if you have um, the appropriate gear, you can go in and literally get on the elevator right up to the floor where those prospective employers that you're interested in talking to are, or you can go to one of the areas where speakers would be just like at a real conference and an wow. in-person conference, you can go check it out. So I'm going to be speaking on <laughs> September 23rd awesome. at 2 p.m. Eastern. And again, I'll have links in the show notes to register for the event. Really pleased to see some great speakers. Torn Ellis is going to be part oh, of wow. it. Suzanne Lucas, Evil HR Lady, Elisa Garn, quite a few people that we know somehow connected with our community or taking part. I love it. It's going to be interesting. It's going to be I interesting. Love it. Now, um, is there happy hour as well? Can you go there have is. a drink? Oh, there we go. There, there is a happy That's hour. Awesome. I do not know how they deliver <laughs> other than maybe they give you some recipes, kind of like what we did yes, with our pals yeah. at Paycor last year. But yes, there is a happy hour component That's to it. Awesome. At least the first couple nights. If you are, looking as a job seeker, or maybe if you want to come see what a virtual reality conference focused around work is like, it's free. You can just show up. And if you want to see me speak, even better. I would love to have you in the audience. And I believe, as I understand it, I believe that video will then be available after the fact if people want to see it later. So links in the show notes. Just to see your avatar. I I, I am very curious to see what that's going to be like. I Again, uh, I, awesome. I would have never dreamed. We've no. done some really cool stuff. Yes, we have. But if you'd said, that John, is... virtual reality conference, now nah, wasn't on my list. I, you know, it would have been how how are they going to do it? Is because I think I would have gone into oh, it's just a virtual conference. We're all going to be sitting behind our our computers watching you know watching videos. But 
I love that they have taken it to the next level. I love that there's a happy hour that people can go to. Hey, you know, if you're you're worried about COVID, what a great way to still get that interaction that we all seem to be craving right now. I'm sure we'll have something to share <laughs> later. I'll, I have to give a debrief once yes. it's over. Yes, you will. I'm really excited about tonight's guest as well. We love employment attorneys on this show. We do. We've had so many great folks come through and been fortunate to know Karen for many years, probably more than either one of us want to admit. She is a stalwart here in the Richmond area, and a lot of people nationally know her too. So thrilled that we were able to make this happen with her. So let's make the introduction and get started. So excited and uh, excited to meet Karen Michael. She is the president of Karen Michael PLC, a work law investigations training and HR consulting firm founded in 2008. She's also the author of Stay Hired, an essential guide for those entering the workforce on how to successfully go to work. Karen has been an employment lawyer for 28 years and began her career working in big law. She served as an executive in human resources for SunTrust Bank and taught at the University of Richmond School of Continuing Studies prior to forming her own firm. Karen writes a weekly labor law column for the Richmond Times-Dispatch. Well, Karen, welcome to the show. So excited that uh, you are here getting a chance to meet you. Uh, Our first question is, what's in your glass? Always Chardonnay, my go-to, and only the oaky kind. Oh, I love it. <laughs> Not the steel barrel, which has gotten all the rage. It's got to be oaky, buttery Chardonnay, oaky, buttery. the old-fashioned way. <laughs> I I do enjoy a nice oaky, buttery Chardonnay as well. I would be there with you. And I'll point out it's the Bogle seven ninety nine a bottle Chardonnay from Total Wine. <laughs> so, I mean, I go all Even out. Better. <laughs> Even better. That is one thing we need here in South Dakota. We need a total wine. Oh, it's the best. Yes. I miss that. You're speaking a language I don't understand, ladies, but that's okay. (laughs) That that is quite all right. Karen, as I mentioned, really, really excited that you were able to join us and know what you've been doing for a while. I got to ask, though, how in the world did you get started really with a focus in labor and employment law? I started out at my big law firm and the the way they get your feet wet is through insurance defense. So everyone has to kind of go through that, did some commercial litigation, but I just love human resources, people in resolving conflict. And it doesn't feel like law. It just feels like resolving conflict. And I always just been fascinated by why people get into conflict at work and why they act the way they do and how we can fix those problems. And really, I've just dedicated my whole career to figuring out how to make sure that we have respectful workplaces and everyone deserves that. And I've just always felt that way. And I've never really experienced a horrible work environment. So you'd think like I've had some trauma or something that made me want to get into this, but it's just fascinates me. People fascinate me. I mean, I'll go to an event. My husband's like, how do you know everything about this person's life? Because people are so interesting. And, and, and I think that that's really what human resources law essentially is all about. And, and I was fortunate enough to move into that discipline when I was at McGuire Woods and continued that when I went into SunTrust to be in charge of employee relations and just was able to kind of combine all that love of understanding and resolving conflict in the workplace and dealing with people who just just don't seem to understand how to behave at work. I, I, it's, it's just an odd behavior. This It's just strange to me how people go to work and refuse to accept that other people deserve the same respectful workplace that they expect. I, I don't know that it's that surprising, but 
there's a little bit of surprise in there that people try have to step outside their um, their own sphere, of course. Um, yeah, very. It's people are interesting. I'll agree with that one. Karen, what changes in the legal landscape this year have surprised you the most? A couple have really surprised. First of all, the vaccine mandates. I will admit, I didn't see that coming as much as they have come into fruition. I firmly thought that they would be in place in nursing homes and hospitals and thought that was going to be essential. I have been a bit surprised to see them in places where people are not interacting with high-risk populations or even in telework environments. I also think colleges, I expected them to be there as well. But the, but the other ones, that, that surprised me, frankly. Um, the other thing that has really shocked me to my core is the change in the legal landscape in my own state of Virginia, where we have gone from virtually no specialized employment laws to telling California to hold my beer because we're about there. I mean, it, you couldn't do much more in Virginia than we've already done. And that has truly shocked me to my core. And I don't think Virginia employers know what's coming. And I know that this is a national broadcast and not just in Virginia. I think that in many states, we're seeing a trend toward localized laws, which makes trying to run a business very complicated. I'm a huge fan of making sure that every workplace and workers have rights. It's just gotten very complicated when you've got federal laws, you layer with state laws, you layer with local laws, and all of those are different but the same. And employers are trying to run a business. And most employers, I think, really try their best to do the right thing. And sometimes it does kind of feel like a gotcha game. And I think the law is becoming a little bit like a gotcha game. And I am a, I'm a bit surprised by it. I kind of didn't see it coming, really. And it kind of happened all at once. And it's not just in Virginia. It's it's all many states are seeing this trend towards what California has been doing for years. It's kind of we're making it up as we on our own instead of relying on the federal government. But the federal government has lots and lots out there. So that has surprised me as well. So those have been the two main things. The other thing that's kind of a little on the on the side end, which isn't really employment law, but it's impacting is this this market where you've got all these jobs open and you've got all these people, but nobody, there's this lack of ability to find workers. But then we keep hearing about all these people out of work. And I think that will change. I think by beginning of next year, that's all going to kind of reset. It's just kind of a leftover of the last year of COVID. But I, you know, really the, the vaccine mandates have surprised me the extent to which they've expanded and the state laws that have, gone in. And I don't think what's, what I think is frustrating for me is the people passing these laws don't really understand what they're doing. And so you see this law and you're like, it, like, for example, the one in Virginia is reasonable accommodations required for religion under the new Virginia Human Rights Act. I have no idea. It's not in there. It's not described. And we don't know. And so there's a lot of we don't know, but the consequences are really big where these state laws are passed because there's a lot of larger consequences as far as financial impact and judgments and punitive damages that don't exist in federal law. That to that extent, there's caps in federal law. There aren't caps in state law, at least for compensatory damages and some of them, and in some cases, punitive. So that's been kind of where I'm like, wow, we better keep up because there's a lot going on. And I don't think employers know what they're in for and they're not ready and they're not keeping up. And if they're too busy to keep up with the laws, they're going to be in a world of hurt. Karen, as you look into that crystal ball and you see these vaccine mandates that have been out there and you see these 
not just in the Virginia area, but state and local laws changing at what seems like a rather rapid pace. What do you think HR pros should be prepared to focus on in the next six months to a year? And then how do you recommend that they get ready for those challenges? One of the interesting things that I've seen in the HR discipline generally is this desire and this push, and I don't disagree with it, there's this desire and push to be a strategist. Everybody in HR wants to be a strategist. I guarantee when I speak at the HR conference, all the strategy HR sessions will be filled to the rim. The grunt work, I guess I would say, the 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 like the generalist investigation, employee relations work, the legal stuff that people just don't seem that interested in that anymore. And I think it's getting lost by the wayside, this this need in organizations for people to run that process, the ADA process, the reasonable accommodation process, the analysis of harassment, discrimination, because that's where all these laws are coming in. And what is even more just god awful for any HR professional is to be somebody that has to spend any time on like FLSA and job descriptions. And is this exempt or not? Nobody wants to do any of that. But that's where the risk is. Like that's where the rubber meets the road on all these laws that I'm talking about. I mean, I was doing an employee handbook, which I hate doing them, but I agreed to do one for a client. And I I saw their wage and hour section. And I said, your wage and hour section says don't work overtime. Do you understand? Like that is, that is so like a removed from what you need. And and when they read like what I wrote, they're like, do we need all this? I said, do you see what Virginia just passed? Your your response, this has been in place, by the way, since 1938. So I just want you to know that you're way behind. But now it, it was a state agency and now actually state agencies are governed by more laws than they were before with just the federal law. So, and you realize people are just not keeping up. And I know that it's fun to talk about, you know, the great resignation and the all of the fun, futuristic things in HR. And that's exciting. And we won't just want to seat at the table. We want to be at the table. All, I get all that. And I agree that HR needs to be elevated. They are equal to the CFO and the COO. Their importance is that level. I just wish more emphasis would be put on the things that I think are missing, which is recruitment, which I think is a lost art and is not given the value in organizations that it deserves. And things like employee relations, which I would argue is the grunt work. It's exhausting. It's difficult, but it needs to be done. It's what creates the respectful workplaces, weeding out people that shouldn't be there. And it's the compliance with all these laws that, again, not fun, not sexy, but it's got to get done. And where, you know, you look at like an organization like SHRM, all they want to talk about is strategy and, and you know, being a seat at the table. And I, I think that we're losing an emphasis on the value of these other disciplines that frankly matter a whole lot to organizations. We have to be able to block and tackle. Yeah. Even though it's not, like you said, it's not glamorous. It's still a major part of our job. And it's interesting. I think, Karen, I think it's fair to say you're probably the first person we've talked to in a while that is vocalizing that position, which I, well, I appreciate you saying that. 
I kind of use the example like the quarterback. My son plays college football. And, yes, the quarterback's important. But in the game that we just played against UVA and we lost 43 to nothing, the punter mattered too. My son's the punter. It's like nobody wants the punters not, you know, it's like it's like nobody wants a lawyer, but you're glad you have them when you need them. And, it, yes, everyone, it's fun to be the quarterback. That's important. That's really important role. We should not underemphasize the need for a quarterback. But these other things matter too on a team. And and it's just fascinating to me how we've undervalued the other parts of the team and that people don't want to do that anymore. They only want to go be the quarterback. They don't even want to think about being the punter because that's not fun. That punter is important. And I wish we would put back emphasis on these other disciplines and value them and pay them the worth that they deserve in their organizations because they are incredibly important to the organization. And and I wish we would put more emphasis on that. And I think that when we look into the future, those roles are, look at recruiting, how important that has become in this market and the skill needed for that and how undervalued that role is in so many organizations. And I just think we need to do a recheck on that. And I think there will be a reset, I hope, at some point. I, don't, I mean, I see the trend going, kind of continuing toward this, you know, strategy, all that. All that. But I hope that, I hope that it, it refocuses and resets on the needs for the disciplines that really drive the whole organization forward. So, Karen, recently you released your first book, Stay Hired, Thriving and Surviving in the 21st Century Workplace. What is the elevator pitch for writing the book? And what did you learn from the writing process? I was seeing people going into the workforce or in the workforce. And frankly, we spend so much time teaching people how to do a job, a phenomenal amount of time teaching people how to do a job. But we don't spend any time teaching people how to go to work. And it's all of the necessities that we need in going to work. Things like just following your manager's instructions, showing up on time, how to behave. Don't be the next active. Don't make people think you're the next active shooter. Don't be that person that your manager every day has to worry about whether you're coming to work and calling out sick every day, how to not be a bully, how to not harass somebody, what that looks like. Don't touch other people. All of those things, for some reason, we don't really do a good job of explaining that to people. And if we think people are reading the employee handbook on the first day and 13 years later, they know what's in it and they know how to behave, we're, we're not we're really just that's just not happening. So this again, we're not focusing on things that really the intangibles of going to work. And this book covers all of those things from work life balance to payday life to all of those things. Plus, it talks about your rights at work all of your legal rights about the ADA and the FMLA and, and those things so that people know transparently, like, what are my obligations in going to work and what are my rights in going to work? It's kind of a total package. And, you know, I hope that every person entering the workplace has a chance to not just read it, but digest it and understand really what is expected of me in going to work. And I can assure you, if Andrew Cuomo read my book he would not have been fired, at least for the stuff he did. I talk about a whole chapter on touching and, you know, <laughs> hugging and all that stuff and the misunderstandings around that. And so, you know, if it, so it's not just for new people entering the workforce. Really, everyone could if, if everyone read this book, frankly, employee relations would no longer be needed. We wouldn't need that discipline in the workplace because people would do what they're supposed to be doing. And what I learned from writing this book is this is the hardest thing I've ever done in my life. I birthed three children. I went to law school. I've been married to the same person for over 25 years. 
started my own business. All that seems hard. No, writing this book is the hardest thing I've ever done. It is the most complicated thing I've ever done, but it's the most rewarding because I've been able to just all the content was there and now I've been able to put it out there. And I hope that people will read Stay Hired, that they will understand, you know, and follow the things that are in there. It's short, easy to read snippets of things. It's not like a lot of words. It's a lot of graphics and examples and case studies and call outs. And so I hope that people will will read it and, and enjoy it and give it as a gift to, to somebody who is graduating from college or entering school. I mean, entering the workplace. Uh, it's, it's hopefully something that will be valued by people. I mean, my only goal is that people go to work and create a respectful workplace for other people. But also, you know, I talk about when you get paid, don't, you know, everyone's going to, as soon as you get a job, everyone's going to be sending you open a credit card, buy an expensive car, you know, understand, set your budget early, you know, early on so that you know what you're spending. So it's really a total package. And I was really excited to have Ruben Daniels, former CEO from the Equal Employment Opportunity Commission, write something on the back of the book about a review on the book. So I was really excited for that as well. And he loved the book. He read it. He got a pre-read on it. And, he, you know, he's got kids going into the workforce, too. And so he wrote a really nice um, uh, message on the back of the book as well. Karen, over the last year, we've started to crowdsource questions from previous guests, and we never know where they're going to go. In this case, Mary Faulkner asked, like they ask in Fight Club, if you could fight one person, any one person from history, who would it be? So I am, uh, people are going to think I'm a really strange person. And maybe, again, I've got some issues from my prior childhood or something, but I have a violence, anti-violence thing. So the whole concept of fighting is so foreign to me, to the point where I've never watched a violent movie. Ever. I've never watched Star Wars, Raiders of the Lost Ark, anything. I don't watch anything violent. My kids have never been allowed to have violent video games. I don't watch boxing. I don't watch anything. Even though my child plays college football, which is a little odd, I don't watch anything violent. My kids never wrestled as kids. I, I'm just obsessed with anti-violence. So I must have violence issues, but I would never fight anyone ever that I can think of unless somebody was aggressive towards me. And what's really funny is if you saw me in a courtroom or advocating, people always will describe me as a pit bull or a German shepherd. And so they probably would think I'd be the first person to start a fight, but I will <laughs> fight with my words, but I will not fight with my person. So that's just who I am. So I wouldn't fight anybody, but I'm happy to go head toe to toe in advocacy against somebody. I have no trouble doing that, but physically fighting, I, I just wouldn't even watch a movie like that. It's really strange. I don't just not, no violence in my house at all. With that, we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back. Hello, everyone. This is Mike Sipple Jr. with the Talent Magnet Institute, and I want to thank you again for being a part of this great community with the HR Social Hour Half Hour Podcast. It is an honor to be a partner with John, Wendy, and all of you. I want to welcome all of you to experience the Talent Magnet Institute's open course, our Leadership Basics course that launches September 16th. So go to talentmagnet.com backslash open course, register today, or send me a note on any social platform at Mike Sipple JR, and I will get you the link and information and look forward to making a connection with you. All right, we are back. Karen, it is now time for everyone's favorite part of our show, which is the half hour question connection. First question, what career did you dream of having when you were a child? 
I always wanted to be a broadcaster. And I started out, I went to college to be a broadcaster. I did political science, communications major, double major. I actually worked at a TV station when I graduated from college and as an intern before I graduated. And then when I graduated, the local NBC affiliate here in Richmond, Virginia, as a producer, I loved it. Uh, But I just thought, gosh, these people, if I make it big, I got to live in New York City and travel a lot. And so I decided to go to law school, but I haven't given up on the possibility of being a broadcaster. I still, I have this dream that I, one day I'm going to run a show called work court where people come in with their problems and I solve all their problems. So that's, that's going to happen. That's going to, it's going to happen one day. So you heard it here first. So I'm going to still fulfill my dream at some point. (laughs) I love it. Karen, I smell podcast in that. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I think there's your show right there. Nobody take it. That's Karen. That's Karen yeah. Michaels. Right. It. I mean, you know, I figure it, it'd be so nice to be able to resolve conflicts instead of always having them in court to have them de- be done in a, in, and not media, you know, and not arbitrations where still people win and lose, you know, that's, you, some people might say that's like a mediation, but those are still very contentious and, you know, trying to figure out, have somebody just basically say, look, here's who's right and wrong. Here's what needs to happen and just make it happen. Karen, who's one person you've gained your network in the last year that you think more people should know? So there's a woman named Kat Gilder who works at the EEOC and Katrina Gilder. And she is somebody who does the learning and development through the EOC. And she will post a lot about different programs that the EOC has. I do a lot of partnership with the EOC. I do a lot of trainings with them. I I spoke at their Excel conference. But she is great. Uh, She's somebody who's really helped me with making sure that my presentations are disability uh, focused and making sure that they're accommodating for people with disabilities, something that, frankly, I had not done a great job of in the past. So she is somebody that has really helped me to make sure that my presentations are, uh, are accommodating people with disabilities. And that's something I had not done a great job of. So I learned a ton from her and she took a lot of time to make sure that I had that skill and that my presentations were meeting that standard. And so in the last year, she's somebody that I've really latched onto with, with great appreciation and still will send her messages and say, Hey, I've got the slide. You know, what do you think about this slide? She'll be, oh, that's, you can't use that graphic. And I appreciate that because I want my presentations to be able to be seen by, be able to be enjoyed by everyone who, who attends my presentations. And I would hate the thought that I'm doing anything to exclude anybody from a presentation. So she's been my go-to and I really have just in the last year been able to enjoy learning from her. Karen, how do you maintain balance? So I, I don't. I uh, really, I don't. I mean, these people that say they have it all. I, I when you, you all, anybody who owns their own business. I mean, I work really all the time. The one thing I will say is, you know, I have three kids, and I've never missed a game. I don't miss any anything that's important to them. That's one the most important balance to me is making sure that I'm present when I need to be present. And I think that this whole concept of work-life balance, it's like things matter when they matter. So sometimes this work event matters more than something else. And, you know, and it's nice when you have clients that are understanding. I, a couple, many years ago, my daughter's softball team went to the state championship unexpectedly in Northern Virginia and they just kept winning like every. And, and so it was like all of a sudden it was the, it was the sixth day of the state championship. And I had to do a training for 250 people at a client site at municipal. And my client was a female mom. And I called her and I said, look, 
look, I, I've got this, my daughter's in the finals of the state championship tomorrow. And I know we have, she goes, don't say another word, email. This training is postponed. And it was like done. And, you know, and so I think we just need to ask for help when we need to ask for help and not be afraid to ask for help. I'd never done that before. This was super important to my daughter and it was unexpected. And I just was so grateful. And I think that we all need to learn to give each other a little grace when things come up because we're all trying to balance this thing and doing the best we can. And uh, I think that we should try to take grace when we can and give grace when we can. And if somebody lets me know that something has come up, I try my best to be understanding because really, I mean, we're all just trying to do the best we can, especially in this last crazy year. And I, I'm, if I'm on a conference call with a mom who's, or a dad who's got a kid running around, I'm like, doesn't bother me at all because I think we all just need to give each other a little bit of grace and understand that everybody's just trying to do the best they can. Karen, how do you enjoy giving back to the HR and employment law communities? Well, you know, I love doing uh, seminars for SHRM. I try to do as much as I can to, to give back. But my my big thing is animal rescues. That's kind of where I give my charity. And I do free legal work to uh, Richmond Animal League. And I'm doing harassment training for at Richmond SPCA, you know, complimentary. And I try really to do what I can t- for animal groups that have a need uh, legal need, employment law need that to try and give back to them. Um, that's kind of where I feel like that's my passion and it's a place that I can give. And uh, there's an, always a need in any organization for what I do. So it's nice that I can give it and they need it. And so that's kind of where I put most of my focus and I'm um, a sponsor coming up for a, um, the canine companions run here in Richmond where we, you know, they are an amazing group that they, bring in animal dogs and they train them to be service dogs for people. It's an amazing group. And so that's kind of where I have my passion is in, you know, animal rescue and and people with disabilities and making sure that they have the services that they need. So I kind of combine those things. Karen, what's your favorite movie? Well, I have two favorite movies. My first is a movie that nobody's ever had heard of before. I'm sure it's called Ice Castles. Have you ever heard of that movie? It's from a thousand years ago, and it's a woman who was an ice skater who turned blind, and she didn't want people to know she was blind, so she skated blind in this big competition, and then she forgot about the roses. They were going to throw roses out, and she trips on the roses, and they all find out she's blind. And, you know, I just, I've had this I just passion for uh, making sure that just the resilience of people with disabilities is so incredible to me. So that was always my favorite movie. And then Legally Blonde comes out and that's like my absolute favorite movie with Reese Witherspoon. And not necessarily because she won her case because the case was so ridiculous. If anybody's seen (laughs) that show, the woman with the perm, the perm would have gone away by the time that case went to trial. So the whole premise is you have a perm, you didn't take a shower, you have a perm, we can see your perm is still good. That assumes that the case went to trial in like 30 days. So the whole premise of that is ridiculous. But I love, love, love her resilience and her like just not taking from anybody. And she is just like my hero in that movie. And I, I love it so much. I could watch it over and over again. And, and my family gets sick of me actually talking about it because I just, I love the movie and she's fantastic in it. And so uh, I, that's just my, I think if it is on or if I'm even on the plane, if I see it's there, I'll pull it up and watch it. I can watch it a hundred times. I love it. What's the first concert you remember attending? I think the first concert I attended was the Jackson five. And with Michael Jackson was like, 
uh, gosh, young and all his family. And, uh, you know, back then it was in the little Richmond Coliseum and they came to Richmond, Virginia, which is crazy to think about. I think that is the first concert that I remember attending. And I have been a lifelong Michael Jackson fan, actually. I just I just think he's so he was so talented and uh, it's heartbreaking what all happened to him. Um, you know, I, I kind of put aside all the conflict and controversy over the, the trial that he had, you know, I don't know all what happened there. I just, it, that upsets all, obviously all that, it always upsets you to see somebody that you admire so much have something in their lives like that happen with the whole child issue. And, but I, I just, I've always been a huge fan of his music and his talent. So I just, I, that concert maybe got me started. Just, he's amazing. And I, I was wondering whether Janet Jackson was there. I still don't know whether that she was there for that concert. I don't think she was. I think it was just I think it was just the guys, the brothers that were there. All's all's brothers were there. Wow. What was the last show that you binge watched? Go back to the fact that I don't have any life balance. So I like don't watch any TV. But my show that I'm about to binge watch that I'm binge watch that I'm committed to is Ted Lasso. That's going to be my new binge watch. I've decided I'm going to go for it and I'm going to find time and I'm going to binge watch that. I don't really watch. I mean, people talk about all these Netflix shows and everything. I just don't, I just don't watch. I don't really watch any television. I just work. <laughs> that's, that's all I do. It seems like so that's go back to the work life balance issue. Karen, what's a hobby or a thing you really like to do that may surprise people? I love to foster kittens. So I just finished fostering three, adopted them all out. It's the hardest thing in the world to say goodbye. It's the worst day when you have their forever home and you got to put them in that crate put them in that car, take them to their forever home. But um, luckily my clients are very understanding. The day we got one of them spayed, I had a conference, a big call with a client and they're supposed to stay quiet. And my one kitten Willow was like wild as can be. And I was afraid she was going to hurt herself because she'd just gotten spayed. So I brought her in my office and she's climbing up me during the whole call. And um, they were very understanding. She was wild, like climbing over my back. And But fostering is such a rewarding experience. It's so just wonderful to know that these critters come through and that you, you teach them to be loving and fun and engaging and human touch and all that. And then they go off and then you get a whole nother set right away after that, as soon as possible. So that's, that's what I like to do most of all is to get in. And I said, when I dropped off my last kitten, I'm ready for some more. So I'm waiting for another batch. I love it. I absolutely love that. Karen, finally, as earlier, we are doing some outsourcing. So if you could ask the next guest of the podcast any question, what would it be? The question is, why didn't you do this podcast sooner? (laughs) (laughs) Why didn't they do this sooner? It's super fun. They should have done this sooner. Asking somebody a question into the future, I I guess I would just say, why why didn't you do one of these podcasts sooner? I love it. I'm looking forward to the answer to that yes. question. <laughs> I am too. <laughs> Karen, cannot thank you enough for making time. We really do like having employment attorneys on and people that have your skills. We try to space them out. <laughs> so it's right. been a little bit since, right. our, since our last employment attorney uh, appearance. But again, really appreciate you being with us. I know some of our listeners are probably not connected with you and they're going to want to now. Best way for them to reach you out there, how to get the book contact, anything and everything you want them to know to get in touch. So they can link in with me on LinkedIn, uh, Karen Michael on LinkedIn. And my website is KarenMichaelConsulting.com. 
And the book is available, Stay Hired, on Amazon. And I think it'll be in Barnes & Noble in a little bit. It's not out there yet, but it'll be in in Barnes & Noble as well pretty soon. But it's available on Amazon. And it's in hardcover, which is the full color version, softcover, which is, you know, less expensive, but the black and white version, you can get it on Kindle. So hopefully, uh, if you're going to give a gift, it's, I think it's hopefully stay hired as something that you're thinking about giving to, to somebody who maybe is entering the workforce, or even if you are a manager and you've got employees, it's a great way to level set your expectations. We will have those in the show notes for sure. And then Wendy, how about you? Best way for listeners to find you out there. Uh, best way is on my blog, mydailyjourney.com, Daily D is in dog, A-I-L-E-Y. And of course, the second and fourth Sunday of each month, you will find me on Twitter as part of our twice monthly Twitter chat. How about you, John? Once again, I want to thank Talent Magnet Institute for sponsoring this episode for the entire month. Make sure to check them out. Links in the show notes. As for me, johntherman.com for all things John Thurman and for the show, hrsocialhourpodcast.podbean.com. Listen, rate, review, share anything and everything you do to help boost the signal. We always appreciate it very much. International listeners, you know the deal. We'd love to have you on. It's easier for you to get a hold of us than it is for us to get a hold of you because of all the fun stuff behind the scenes that make yeah. it that make it a little more challenging. Please, if you're listening, we know you are. We see those numbers. We know you're listening. But get in touch and, and let's have you on just like we had Karen. She wants to know why you weren't on sooner. You don't have an excuse. Karen, thanks again for being with us. So for the HR Social Hour Half Hour Podcast, I'm John. And I'm Wendy. And as always, be sure to connect. Give back and network. network. Take care, everybody. We'll see you soon.